prior no. <laughs> but the fact is today we join with 2.2 billion people across the face of the earth who are celebrating the resurrection of our Jesus. 80 or so of them are from Clendon here with us today. He's worthy of all praise, worthy of all honor. Now, I know if you're here today and maybe like that lady in the last service who walked in off the street, I, I understand that sometimes the whole Easter message can be confusing. It can be like, what is it, what is it a, a, a about? What, is it, what does Easter mean? It can be confusing. And I, I know that. I, one of the things, if you're visiting here, that, that I do is a, as a volunteer, I'm a volunteer fireman. And on Thursday, we went to a, a fire call. And after that had sort of finished, we were back at the station. And one of the guys who was there, he needed a lift back to his workplace. So I said, can I, can I give you a lift? And he's like, sure. And we're in the car. And he's like, bro, what are you going to be doing on the on the on this long weekend, because I know what he was going to be uh, uh, doing. I was like, no, this is a big weekend for that. And he's like, true, true, that's right. It's the big fella's birthday. I said, no, no, it's not the, it's Jordan Lamana's birthday this weekend, but yeah. <laughs> Your love, Jordan. He's like, it's the big fella's birthday. I said, no, 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 that's Christmas. Oh yeah, that's right. It's the reincarnation, isn't it? I said, you're getting closer. It's the resurrection. And we talked a little bit about what that, that meant, and I, I, sharing of all the, uh, what I just shared with you, all the millions of people who are gonna celebrate that over the face of the earth. But I realized at that moment how confusing this Easter message can be for those who are out there. There is so much, I guess, consumerism around it and just other stuff that takes it on other angles. And, and so as a pastor, you're always thinking, how can I, in the few minutes that we have together, how can I bring across something clearly to you so that you can, you can understand what really truly this is, is about, what, this, what Christ has done through the cross and through His resurrection. How can I de describe that? As I was doing my research, I found this clip that I think does it pretty, pretty well. It sums up the resurrection and what Christ has done in about four minutes. Now, in texting language, in texting language, the young people, they'll, 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 you know, they text all sorts of, they abbreviate everything, and I'm, I think I'm pretty good at it myself. <laughs> they will disagree. <laughs> but they, they, you, you text, and one of the text sayings that's out there these days is YOLO. Everybody say YOLO. Come on, say it like you believe it now. YOLO, YOLO. And it means basically this. It's short for or slang for you only live once. YOLO. And it's the type of thing that if you're doing a bungee jump, hey, I did a bungee jump, YOLO. Hashtag, hashtag, yeah, whatever hashtags are. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And of course, if you, I went parachute, I did a parachute jump, YOLO. Hashtag, hashtag.
This clip is called The Death of YOLO. Because remember, the Easter story ends not with a funeral, but with a festival. See, the best news the world has ever had came from a graveyard. And the biography of Jesus is the only one in, in, in history that doesn't end with a person being dead and buried. Not so with Jesus. He is, come on somebody, He is risen. That's what we're celebrating. He is risen. He's alive. And because of that, that spelt the death of YOLO. Watch this clip. A Roman cross. Yeah, Jesus died on that. See, I don't care what you believe, just read history. It's a historical fact. So the question we have to ask is, what will you do with this man of misery? Six hours on a piece of wood? It somehow completely changed history? But see, we've pimped Jesus out. We've made a sacrifice foolery, like, oh, I'll just go to church on Easter and make the cross nice jewelry. But see, the cross wasn't a symbol of faith. It was a symbol of death. I mean, imagine if someone had an electric chair hanging around their neck. So the question we have to ask is what was different about the man that day that could take something that kills and turn it into something that saves. See, he was unique because he was innocent. God actually became a man. Now that's different. And on the cross, he said, I'm not dying because of me. I'm dying because of you. Not just for the sins you have done, but for the ones you will do. And on the cross, God treated Jesus like he was us poured out his wrath on the sun so that he might show that he's just. See, and he took our filth and he took our sin and the beauties. When you trust in Jesus, you're included in him. But first, walk with me what it must have been like that night when the son of God looked like he lost the fight. No heartbeat, no breathing, no sign of life. Jesus tasted death and it didn't feel right. Have you ever let that sink in, that Jesus died? No, really, Jesus actually died. Three days in the tomb, lifeless laid his remains. Like the king had given up his crown, like he'd given up his reigns. But all of a sudden comes Sunday, something started to change. From the grave you heard a thump, and blood started pumping in his veins. Heart beating, blood pulsing, instantly Satan felt his power break because the Son of God was dead. Now the Son of God is awake. And every breath that he took was another punch to Satan's face showing we are not under our sin, but we are under grace. So rejoice with me because when he went to the grave, you did too. And when he rose from the grave, your life became new. He says, my job is finished, let your new life begin. You can actually have freedom. Stop wallowing in your sin. See, the chains have been broken, the stone's been rolled away. God doesn't love a future you. He actually loves you today. So you're clean, you're spotless. The curse has been squashed. That's all baptism is, is just showing you've been washed. So rejoice with me because we are not awaiting the verdict. He's already said not guilty and the resurrection proves he assured it. 
Because our whole life we feasted on sin and we couldn't pay the tab. Jesus walks over to our bill and says, I'll take care of that. So stop trying to pay your own debt. In fact, God doesn't even expect it. Because the cross shows payment given, resurrection shows payment accepted. And instantly we're perfectly spotless when we were spiritual whores. Because when he walked out of the grave, he left our sin on the floor. And he turned around and looked at where his body lay and says, huh, sin? See, that's where you're going to stay. So church, walk in freedom because you are free. The resurrection is just a stamp saying it's a guarantee, a royal decree proclaiming we're children of the king. So even when your mouth can't, let your life always sing. Now I know that there can be some people out there who would, if I turn my mic off or are you turning me up? I, I know someone's when out there some people can look at it and say, well, I don't know, Pastor, could it, could it be not a matter of resurrection, but maybe a matter of resuscitation? Maybe, maybe he, maybe in the, looking at the cross when they took him down and they put him in the tomb, maybe, maybe in the coolness of the tomb, he sort of woke up, maybe he was unconscious. I mean, after all, the Roman guards, they, they're not doctors. How do they know? They don't know who's dead. They don't, they don't know. But here's the, here's the reality. Yeah, it's true. The, the, the Roman soldiers were not doctors. They were not experts in medical, medical health, but they were experts in killing. They were experts in killing. They knew how to kill someone. And not only that, their very life depended on it. For if someone who was a prisoner was able to escape and able to get away under the guard of those Romans, they guard that, we have that saying, guard it with your life. So they knew if, the, if something were to happen, that, that, that tomb was sealed, it was, it was sealed up. They, they knew if something was to happen, they were to pay for it with their life. You've got to understand how many know that's job incentive to get your job done right. Come on, somebody. You better get your job done and do it right. Now he, he rose. He rose from the dead. Seen by over 500 people. So much so that it turned someone like Peter, who was a chicken, I don't know who he is, to a person who would stand up just a few days later to a crowd of thousands and declare, repent. Give your heart to God. turn the chicken into a warrior for his eyes have seen the glory of the risen Lord he is risen oh yeah he's risen indeed tap your neighbor and say I love him go on see the New Testament preaches this my friend the New Testament preaches not a Christ who was alive and is now dead. Friends, you've got to understand we're not here today having a memorial service. The New Testament preaches a Christ who was dead and is now alive. Somebody say amen. amen. He is risen and He is ascended. We are not just celebrating an historical event. We are part of current affairs. Because He lives, He's here today. His presence fills this, this place. He is alive in us. 
changing staff sergeants, touching drug addicts, helping the sinner. He is alive. So what does that mean for us who can sense the Spirit of God in this place? What does that mean for us who who would choose to follow Him? And Good Friday, I said, Max Licato, the, the author, he said this, the Bible is the story of two gardens, Eden and Gethsemane. In Eden, Adam took a fall, but in Gethsemane, Christ took a stand. For us, for you. In the epistle to the Romans, the apostle Paul wrote, an epistle just means a letter. The New Testament is made up of letters that are written. Apostle just means messenger. And in the epistle to the Romans, the apostle Paul wrote to the beloved of God in Rome as he tried to sum up what had happened in the two gardens. Speaking of Adam's fall in Eden and Christ's stand in Gethsemane, Paul writes in Romans chapter 5, verse 19, he says this, this is, he says this is what has taken place. This is what has sort of happened. For as by one man's disobedience, speaking of Adam, many were made sinners. So also by one man's obedience, speaking of Jesus, many, everybody say many, many. Oh, you might be here today and you feel left out. You might be here today thinking, does God even care about me? Listen, He came for all. For God so loved the world that He gave. Not just, sometimes we see Christ just as our personal Savior. But I'm gonna tell you, He died for the sins of the whole world. For many, for many, for many. So also by one man's obedience, Jesus, many will be made Righteous. And earlier in Romans chapter 3, verse 20 through to 25, the Apostle Paul breaks it down even further as to what this means as he tries to explain what, what Christ has, has done. And I want to read it to you today from the, from the Amplified Bible. There are many different versions of the Bible. There's the King James Version, which sort of represents, I guess, the, an older language and an older style. That's where if you've ever been to church before, you hear people speaking in these and thous and, uh, uh, you know, he stinketh or whatevereth. And, and, and as I put before, then there's versions of, of the Bible which are like youth versions and have it in language of, of, of today. Well, the Amplified Bible is like the Bible on steroids. I mean, it's just like stretches everything to, to give it the, the deepest, most meaning. Here's, here's Paul breaking down what, what, what has happened. He says, for no person will be justified free of guilt and declared righteous in his sight by trying to do the works of the law. What does that mean? Just by trying to be a good person. You know, if you're here today and it's like, man, I've got to be a good person so God will love me. Friends, we serve God because He loved us, not so He'll love us. Amen. It's out of that, uh, that love. If, if, friend, if you think, man, I can get right with God, that's why we need Jesus. That's why we need Jesus. He says, we can't do it. No one can be made righteous by doing the works of the Lord, trying to be good. He says, for through the law, 
we become conscious, we become aware of sin, just like when you're speeding and you see that sign and it suddenly stops, oh, you always hit the brake. Or you see those red and blue lights, you, you put your foot on the brake, don't you? Come on, I know you did it. <laughs> if you say you didn't, even lying's a problem. But the sign makes us conscious, the law makes us conscious of our sin, that we're breaking it and that... The law makes us conscious of sin, and the recognition of sin directs us towards repentance, but provides no remedy for sin. Then verse 21 says, but now. Everybody say, but now. now. Four of you are excited about it. I say, come on, say, but now. Come on. But now. That's how it was. I want to tell you how it is. But now. But now the righteousness of God has been clearly Revealed independently and completely apart from the law. A righteousness of God that comes through faith in Jesus Christ for all. For all. For all. Tap your neighbor and say, I think it's for you too. Come on. I think it's for you too. It's for all. You might be here, I I don't know if God would love a person like me. No, no, it's for all. I don't know if God could ever, uh, would want to even spend time. No, it's for, uh, for all, friend. This isn't, but I don't know, man. You, I, I've been so bad. I've lived, I, I've lived my life in a way that's just, uh, but, but friend, I want to tell you, it's for all. Uh, friends, this gospel is not talking about you. It's talking about Him. It's talking about what He has made available. We can't do it ourselves. That's why we need Him. That's why we need Him. That's why you need Him. What the, it's available for all, for all those who believe and trust in Him and acknowledge Him as the Son of God. What is it saying? It's saying this, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. This grace, this salvation, this redemption is available for you. And it says there is no distinction Since all have sinned and continually fall short of the glory of God and are being justified. What does that mean? Declared free of guilt of sin, made acceptable to God and granted eternal life. The King James Version says you are justified freely. What does freely mean? At no cost to you, Jesus paid the price. As a gift. It's a gift. You can buy it, you can earn it. It's a gift. A gift by His precious, undeserved. We don't deserve it. By His precious, undeserved grace provided in Christ Jesus, whom God displayed publicly before the eyes of the world as a life-giving sacrifice of atonement and reconciliation by His blood. Love ran red. That's why 2 Corinthians, my favorite verse in the whole Bible. I just read that and it makes me feel happy. As Paul wraps it up, what, what, what does it mean for us? It means this, for he who knew no sin, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21, for he made him, Jesus, who knew no sin to be sin for us, for you, for me, that we might become the righteousness of God 
in him, not just an old sinner barely getting through, but that we might become. He took our sin. He died our death that we might live his life, that we can walk in the freedom of that, that he who knew no sin became sin for you, for me, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. That's why Colossians says in him, it says in Colossians 2 verse 10, it says, you are complete in Him. Outside of Him, dirty dog sinner. But in Him, you are the righteousness of God. In Him, you're perfect. In Him, your life is now hidden with Christ and God. And you can stand here today, not in your own righteousness, which is like a filthy rag, but you can stand here today in His righteousness that He won for you on the cross of Calvary. And you can stand free and you can stand delivered. Come on, somebody. I nearly tripped over. That wasn't the Holy Spirit. That was me nearly falling over. That's why the Bible says, and have a Philean and Melissa yesterday. That's why the Bible says in 2 Corinthians, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is, she is. You are a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God. What does that mean? You didn't do it. You didn't do it. You didn't add anything to it. He did it on the cross of Calvary. He has done it. On the cross, He who has reconciled us to Himself through Jesus Christ. On the cross, He said, it is finished. Friends, I want to tell you, the resurrection delivered our reconciliation, our redemption. In Him we can stand righteous, not on our own, but in His. On the cross, Jesus said it was finished. The resurrection proves that He was who He said He was. The gospel. Not a human plan for reaching up to God, but a divine plan that's reaching down to man. Hmm. For what purpose? Why am I here? Second Corinthians tells us 5.15. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Friends, I want to tell you, Christ's resurrection demands not our applause, but our allegiance. Not our compliments, but our capitulation. Who do you live for? What do you live for? Fame, fortune, to get rich. See how many Facebook likes I can get. Ooh, I got some friends. Half of them you don't like anyway. Pursuit of pleasure. What, who are you living for? What are you living for? I, I'm not against the boat or the car or whatever. I, okay, but here's what I know. None of that stuff will satisfy. It's empty, shallow. and What's your purpose? Last year, I had the opportunity to go to the Hillsong Conference in Sydney, and there I gathered with 29,000 other people from around the world to worship God in the Olympic Stadium there. After about the first, I guess, day, there was a hum going through all the, all the crowd that somebody had flown in and, and, and was a part of the conference. They were somewhere around, and like everybody was looking, is that person 
uh, is that person there? Who, where, where are they? Are they? Are they sitting next to us? Are they near us? News crews were outside trying to capture who this person was. It was actually Justin Bieber. He had, he had flown in for the, for the conference on his private jet and every now and then he'd appear and play basketball with somebody or just outside in the stadium. But see, he wasn't there because he was singing a song or doing a show. He, he'd come to the conference to be a delegate, to sit under the word of the Word of God. Why? Because he realized with all that he had and with all the, the, the stuff and trappings of the world that was out there that it just wasn't enough. And so there was a place for him. I just want to sit because I need God. I've got everything that anyone could ever want, but I know still in my heart I need God. This year he wrote a song and put it on an album. It's called Purpose that talks about his faith and talks about what, what God has touched his life. And in it, he, he tells a story of how, how, man, you know, I've made mistakes like, like us all. Like I say, if, as we say, the church is full of hypocrites. And I say, there's always room for one more. Amen. Hallelujah. Because all of us have made mistakes. All of us need God. All of us need grace. And so he wrote a, wrote a song It says, I put my heart into your hands. Here's my soul to keep. I, I, I let you in with all that I can. You, you're not hard to reach. And you bless me with the best gift that I've ever known. You give me purpose. You need purpose today. Justin Bieber had everything and and I'm not saying we all want to be like Justin, but what I am saying this is that he reached a place in his life where he realized that there's really nothing, really nothing he can, he can do to, to get peace by looking at the things of the world. And in Christ, he found purpose. And here today, before we finish on this great Easter Sunday, I want to give you a chance today, if you don't know Him, to find that purpose for yourselves. For me, as a drug addict, many years ago, Christ came in and turned my life around in a service like this. And I don't know, maybe you've walked off the street, maybe you've... Maybe a friend invited you here today, but I always believe you're, you're never here by accident. That God wants to reach out and touch. I always believe as I'm preaching that the Spirit of God is at work touching lives. So I don't want to finish this service without giving you an opportunity to respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if you're here today and you know, you know, man, I need to get right with God.